Greetings, podcast listener. Do you like... Ready to form Voltron! Or maybe... How about... I am Batman! Or... This is a job for Superman! Do you remember... Power Rangers! Or this? Right away, Michael. Or maybe even this? Autobots, transform! (laughs) Or this? By the power of Grayskull! Or... Or have you seen the latest episode of... Hello, I'm the Doctor. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then check out Charlie's GeekCast, hosted by me, Charlie Niemeyer. Charlie's GeekCast is a bi-weekly podcast covering comics and other geek stuff. The first episode of each month is devoted to comics, where, currently, I'm covering Grant Morrison's run on JLA, one storyline at a time. The other episode of the month is devoted to whatever else I want to talk about, such as movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, and more. Feel free to check it out at www.charliesgeekcast.com. You'll be glad you did. Well, hopefully. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Red alert. All hands to battle stations. Engage. Captain Picard is a pain, isn't he? Interesting. No redeeming qualities. I think you should be destroyed. The great Captain Picard of Starfleet falls to Earth. Go back. Thou shalt most certainly die. Protect yourself, Captain, or they'll destroy you. We are dangerous. Welcome to Star Trek Monthly Monday, number 50, the old school edition, Kirky style. I am Chris Honeywell, and I'm here with Scott Gardner. Hello. And we're going to serve up some more original Star Trek goodness this month. 
a sort of celebratory month because it's the 50th 50th Star Trek monthly Monday. Awesome. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> that means we're that means we're about we're about three quarters, a little less than three quarters of the way through uh, our Star Wars, Star Trek episodes, Star Wars, Star Trek episodes. Now there's what seventy nine. I was told there'd be no math. There's seventy nine, but I don't know if they're counting the two parter. I, I don't know, but yeah, we're about I... three quarters of the way through the original series. Something like that, yeah. And. I'm very excited because I was thinking about it the other day and thinking, you know, we only have a certain number of of shows left. But there's a lot of good episodes, including the most awesome episode of Star Trek <laughs> that we haven't hit yet, which I'm so happy that it's just been sort of waiting and festering. Um, as far as Star Trek stuff, I have not had much Star Trek stuff happen. I, I got a email from my friend Mark who asked me if I'd heard, which I hadn't heard, but apparently in front of the new Star Trek movie coming out is going to be a, a big sort of spectacular ad for NASA. Hope yeah, I, I saw something about that today, yeah. So, even if this new movie isn't very Star Trek-y, at least the NASA part of it is, and... You know, hopefully, maybe, maybe, hopefully that will spur some interest in some of the, the youngins who are going to see the, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek and possibly get them a little interested in NASA. Do I really believe that? No, not really. Well, you know. I'd like to hope so. Hopefully this doesn't make me sound like a, just a cynical old bastard because I don't like to think of myself that way, but. Yeah. That was my first thought, was that this was them. Um, well, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll be. Uh, damn, I can't think of how I want to word it. Brutally you know, honest, I'll, Frank? No, more that I'll give them the benefit of the okay. doubt that this was them throwing a bone to those of us that complained that the first movie wasn't very. I see. Star I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it has to do with NASA jumping in on it and saying hey let's uh let's put our ad in front of this movie and bought the bought the time on it you know right. but i'm That's saying true. i don't think it was I, I i don't necessarily think it was uh you know paramount is it paramount still doing the star trek movies is it you know i'm confused about that because all the episodes i've been watching lately say cbs, CBS. cbs might own the original series now so, but I don't know, but I mean the movies style. So, but either way, I don't, I don't think it was like, hey, let's, let's get NASA in with this. I think NASA was like, hey, let's try to get some of the old Star Trek synergy when we were having space shuttles named after the Enterprise, even though it's not true. It was named after this, the Starship Enterprise, but you know, there'd been other Enterprises before it. Right. So... Yeah, we'll we'll see, but that's the only thing. Star Trek. I, I was gonna take. I was, I was going to take my allotted time, Mister Speaker, and this <laughs> month, and uh, and sort of shoot a question out to the people listening because, um, if 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 you're on our Facebook page, you've you've heard us crowing about it. But we had a good month in uh, March. This is a April now, and we're recording this on actually actually on the 
just after we're on April 2nd, so we just missed April Fool's Day. But uh, last month, being March, we got a huge just jump in our downloads. It was a record-setting month. We had maybe two points in the month that were record-setting downloads for, for a single day ever in the history of Two True Freaks. And the highest ever monthly for Two True Freaks ever in our in our almost five-year history now. And uh, I know, can you believe it? So, and it was a lot of back episodes, a lot of Star Wars and Star Trek episodes. So I'm guessing there's a lot of new listeners out there, and I'd like to know who you are and how you found us and why all of a sudden you know about us. I mean, it's great, but I'd, I'd sure like to find out how you found us so we can jump on it if if it has anything to do with michael bailey then we know we know um <laughs> yeah yeah we know so um but don't hesitate if it does have something to do with michael bailey to say hey it was michael bailey because then we can give him the credit due but something happened this month so somebody heard about us somebody was talking about us somebody put us at the top of a search engine or something and I have no idea what it was. And and plus, if there's new people out there, I'd like to hear from them. Because apparently only a small portion <laughs> of our listeners actually write in. So, And I'd like to change that. Because we've been having a riot with the people who've been, who now do pay attention to us. Besides just listening to us. You know, go to our forum or go to... Uh, right. The Facebook, you know, you could go to Facebook and and uh, type in Two True Freaks and, and find us there and like our page. Um, and the Forum for Geeks, you can go to forumforgeeks.com and look for Two True Freaks there and, and see us there. Or you can email us at twotruefreaks.libson.com, blah, 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 plug, plug, plug. But yeah, Oh, absolutely. Who are you, but, yeah, who are uh, you people? Yeah, I'm sincere about that, too. I, I really would like to know uh, how folks discovered us. I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, uh, you know, Megacon had a little, at least a little bit of something to do with that. So, you know, yeah, if you yeah, discovered you the... take all the credit. No, I'm not trying to take the credit. It honestly. wasn't me. I, just... I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't go anywhere. I... <laughs> but, yeah, all of a sudden, I mean, we, we went up significantly. In, I mean, we almost... Almost doubled. I would say what we did like our usual number, and then another like three four, you know, three quarters yeah. or something like that. So yeah. yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing. So I would love to know, you know, where's that coming from? How you know how did you discover the show? So yeah, please, whether it's a you know a, a forum post or writing an email or getting a hold of us through uh, Facebook or whatever, please get a hold of us. Let us know. That would be awesome. And welcome. You know, if you, if you're just now joining the show, uh, welcome. Yeah. We're, we do, however we, you got here, we're glad you got here. Absolutely. And, uh, and don't be shy. Let us know you're out there. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear, that sort of thing. We're, uh, we are open to, uh, all kinds of ideas. We'll and listen that to them. Thing, so. Whether we do them or not, there's another <laughs> thing, but we'll listen to them. But we do them, do we do we do do them sometimes? Yeah, I think we do. When we do the voodoo that we do so well. When we do. When we do the doo doo that we do so well. 
<laughs> All right. Well, what do you think? It's time to dive into uh, the episode proper here. If I can ever find the episode in my big book of Handy Star Dandy. Trek. Ah, here we go. I just stumbled across it. We got anything else for preamble on this one? Not really. That's about all I had. I uh, I can't really think of anything. Um, I mean, we could always talk about the new trailer, but uh, I'm trying to stay focused and positive, so maybe we shouldn't talk about this. Is new it trailer. is that the one that's very Star Warsy? It's very. Yes. It's with Kirk and his. Now this is podcast. <laughs> this is now this pod is racing. podcasting. This is pod, pod racing. racing. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I. It's it's it's. I, I didn't see anything wrong with it. It just says, oh, this is going to be an action movie. That's all yep. it said to me was, look, action movie. And that's what the actors, all the interviews with the actors, I noticed they've been saying stuff like, oh, well, the action's relentless. It's just one thing from another. So it'll be it'll be a ride at the very least. You know, it'll be. Right. And it looks like it'll touch upon, like, the basic themes of friendship and maybe a few you know federation rules you know but yeah it looks like it's going to be a chase a chase to a a boss battle at the end yeah which i will enjoy but it won't you know it won't take that place in probably in my psyche that you know something like you know the the first few star trek movies do we'll right. see i don't want to i don't want to get too far ahead on it cuz I remember what it was like, you know, not really expecting the the new one to be that good, and then walking out of the theater going, "Okay, that was that was pretty good." So or crying, one of the two. We'll see. No, I wasn't crying. I wasn't <laughs> crying at all. I was disappointed. <laughs> you weren't. You weren't. But you you actually warmed up to it a little bit. But after a while, it was. Let's just put it this way: it wasn't a dark night situation. Oh, let's not even get into that. Exactly. <laughs> Captain's log, star date 3619.2. With the mysterious death of two crewmen, all personnel on the planet have been evacuated back to the ship. Rizzo, did you feel a presence, an intelligence? Did you smell that? A sweet odor like honey. Fire photon torpedoes. It's still coming, sir. The deflectors will not stop it, Captain. Contact. All hatches remain secure, all lights on the board show green. Sir, we have a red light. Something's entered through the number two impulse vent. Sir, the creature's in my cabin. It's got Mr. Spock. Captain, look. It's going to be close. Very, very close. All right, so this time around, we are looking at the episode Obsession, which, if I'm not mistaken, this is a, yeah, this is a second season episode. Mm -hmm. And the synopsis out of the Nitpicker's Guide for Classic Trekkers reads, When a gaseous creature <laughs> kills three members of a landing party. Already we're starting out. <laughs> I just want somebody at some point to like fan their behind and be like, oh, sorry about that. 
when a gaseous creature kills three members of a landing party to Argus 10 by draining all the red blood cells from their uh, from their bodies, Kirk becomes obsessed with hunting it down. He suspends the Enterprise's scheduled transport of desperately needed drugs and trains all the scanners on the planet below. As justification, the captain states the creature poses a uh, threat far greater uh, to the poses a far greater threat. I can't read tonight. Poses a far greater threat to the Federation. He claims that the same creature attacked the crew of the USS Farragut 11 years ago. Record tapes show that uh, something killed 200 crew members, but the incident occurred on a planet thousands of light years away. There we are with the thousands of light years thing again. Kirk's suspicions prove true when the creature leaves Argus 10 and defies expectation by setting course at high warp for that planet. Kirk tries to kill it by using the ship's weapons, but phasers and even photon torpedoes prove ineffective. Then Spock comes to the worst conclusion. His observations show that the creature is preparing to spawn. Kirk orders engineering to drain a small amount of antimatter from the ship's engines and place it in a uh, magnetic container. Beaming down with Ensign Garavik, Kirk waits for the creature to approach. At the last moment, they beam up and detonate the animator, uh, thereby killing the creature. It's a pretty good synopsis, but it doesn't really... It doesn't you know, get it, into the conflict of the story, which is no. Kirk going mad. His, the crew right. wondering if Kirk's lost his his command. Well, also, it mentions here, you know, beaming down with Ensign Garavik. Well, why even mention Garavik's name if you're not going to give the reason why that name is important? important? The whole reason it's important is that Ensign Garavik is the son of Captain Garavik, who was the captain of the USS Farragut, Kirk's captain, who Kirk is beating himself up about through the entire course of the episode, feeling responsible for not having been able to kill the creature back 11 years ago. That's the entire reason Kirk's obsessed in well, the whole episode. Right, so and then there's weird. the whole parallel where Garavik doesn't get a shot off at the creature, and, and Kirk mm -hmm. blames him, and Garavik blames himself, and it's it's all replaying. That's It's it's Kirk's history replaying itself, and they right. didn't seem to really uh, touch on that in, in, in that which was I, sort of the main point of the story. Right. I uh, I like Garavik a lot, and every time I see him, he reminds me I of feel like he reminds me of Riker. He reminds me a lot of Decker, and that might be why I always feel like I should know him from something else. I looked him up. I can't remember the actor's name. I'm not, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not looking at it. But I didn't see anything else in his credits to make me go, okay, that's what I'm thinking of. I, I guess it's just that he reminds me of other people. Um, but I, I've always liked him in this episode. Would have liked him to see him become a, a, a regular on the show in some capacity. It's a shame. So far as I know, he's only in this just this one episode. But I liked his, uh, you know, his character and his... He had a real earnestness in his character that I liked a lot. You know, he was kind of the, the, the fresh... You know the fresh face. I, I think it could have been interesting to see him He's become. A young Kirk. Yeah, protege of Kirk. Place. Exactly. I, I would have liked that a lot. And sadly, uh, it said in his uh, in his bio that uh, I guess he died. Uh, I'm not sure how long ago. It's been a while now. He died young. He died at 57 of a heart attack, which is very sad. Yikes. But yeah, it's always sad to me when I find out that you know guys from the old show are, are no longer with us, especially. 
you know, 57 is not that old, you know, compared to, you know, like, say, like Shatner and the others that are in their 80s now, you know. But I don't, I honestly don't have a lot on this one because, again, this is one of those, I think it's a really solid episode. Mm-hmm. I've always liked this one. It's basically um, like Moby Dick with a happy ending. Yeah. Kirk doesn't really end is. up getting tied to the lash to the side of the gas creature. Yeah, this was this was uh, one with some with um, something Shatner doesn't get credit for enough is is this is some good solid Shatner acting. He doesn't really chew the. I mean, this could be one where he could have gone nuts, but he doesn't. He plays it solid. He plays it you know close to the bone. And it's good. You 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 start wondering, you know, what's up with? Because at the very beginning, he was just sort of like, you know, read read the history thing, you know, history tapes of this if you want to know why I'm I'm so into this. And and Spock and McCoy take their sweet ass time reading them. <laughs> and I and I'm like, why doesn't he just tell them? <laughs> right, 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 right from the get go, you know. I think this is a murderous creature. This is why I think this. Check out the history tapes. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, you know, because I was getting sort of sick at the beginning. of. I'm just like, is everybody is everybody going to question Kirk at every point here? You know, what what kind of command does he have? Because everybody's like, really, Captain? Is that but Captain? We're on a we're on a schedule. You know, everybody was just on his ass. That got old because that happens like three or four times in the course of the episode. The same scene happens repeatedly. Right. Where he says, no, I know about, you know, such and such planet needs their drugs, but damn it, we're busy here. We're going to hang out in orbit. We're going to solve this thing. And everybody from Uhura to Scotty to, to, to Spock, yeah, yeah. everybody questions him on it. And so after about the third time, you're like, all right, I, I've Somebody's seen Somebody's got to go to the brig. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it does. Well, not so much that is, I mean, yeah, it bugs me when they keep calling his his orders into question but what bugged me more was that it feels like padding out the episode when it's the exact same scene three or four times start getting ridiculous but once the conflict was once he figured out what was going on then all that stuff was was better because it was you know once everybody like openly start you know when when um spock and mccoy confront him and and uh what's funny about that is they confront him and then he just like rants and raves at him tells a story and then they just walk away and leave it they don't they don't follow through with it and go okay well we're not we're not going to try and relieve your command or we are or anything they just like it's like they forgot that's what they came there to do (laughs) it was weird but um i have i have a good amount of notes for this one actually oh run with it run with it um i noticed kirk pronounced camouflage correctly Unlike sabotage. You say sabotage. I say sabotage. So I wonder why he doesn't pronounce camouflage as camouflage. As soon as he said camouflage, I'm like, wait, shouldn't he said camouflage? That's how I say it. If he's going to be grammatically, you know, consistent. (laughs) And then they get on the planet and they're talking about the rocks being made of diamond hard tritanium. And Kirk gives it a little punch. It sounds like a hollow rock. That's <laughs> what diamond hard tritanium sounds like. They should use that di- diamond hard tritanium on the switches in the Enterprise. 
because it's just ridiculous how easily Ensign, what's his name, Garavik's, uh, um switch breaks. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Conveniently. The one thing that that really you probably shouldn't shouldn't break in this. Well, plus Spock, you know, Mr. Logical, Mr. you know, three steps ahead of everybody else, when the gas creature starts coming through the vent, is trying to stop it with his bare hands. You know, that what what the hell was that all about? I interpreted that as maybe he was trying to mind meld with it a little bit, you know. Nah, but they didn't they didn't play the music. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you see, what I think is funny about this is, okay, everybody, you got to listen to the Star Trek The Next Generation episode, too, to find out exactly what we're talking about. But that episode also has the ship dealing with a existential threat of a similar sort, a sort of um, form of life that they're not used to dealing with. And uh, it also has a moment where someone says, do you smell that? <laughs> that that was Wesley. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. The whole kill it part of it with Kirk, like, I have to kill this thing. It killed all these people. Really? Why? Aren't there things in space that kill and eat things? You know? So if you land on a planet and it's covered with tigers and the tigers are hungry and they eat your crew, does that mean you go and you wipe out all the tigers because they're evil? Yes. You know, you landed on their planet, you know, this thing is some form of life. It could be, it could be the last of its, it's, they, they say it's the last of its kind and it's getting ready to reproduce. Now, how, what was it just, was it last month or the month before? We just did uh, Devil in the Dark, which, you know, the, it was the same similar thing. And once they found out it was intelligent and the last of its kind, they didn't want to kill it at all. You know, it would have been more like get the miners off the planet and, you know, too bad you can't get the gold or whatever, you know, from from there. But um, in this case, nobody has any compunctions about wiping this thing out you know yeah but this this thing never touches down and writes no kill eye in the rocks either you know no, i think there's a but, difference there but they do they do come right out and say look it turned and fought it's intelligent you know and it might not be as intelligent enough to spell but it might you know it's intelligent enough to turn and fight like an like an animal you know like an animal that's being chased because that animal was out looking for food, got a little bit of food, and then something started chasing it down. And, you know, there's, I mean, there's there's a lot of things out there in space that could eat, eat you. That doesn't mean you have to kill them all. As a matter of fact, that's antithetical to Starfleet. So, so that it was weird that, that that's never covered. I, it, you know, it isn't really weird in the context of just Star Trek, the original series. But once you, eh, it is a little bit because they they jump back and forth. But you know, once you get a good dose of Star Trek: The Next Generation in there, you start you, you start getting into the touchy feeliness where it's just like, really, you you have to ki- you have to kill this thing, you know, even though. 
it was what like in a 20 year span this thing was taken out like 20 people before or no right. 100 people before still that's you know 10 people a year that's not in the cosmic scheme of things a lot of <laughs> a lot of death you know what i mean and who and who's to say it was going to wipe out starfleet bases you know that it, it, it would have seemed more starfleet like to try to contain it and then send it way the hell off into somewhere you know i don't know it was it, they just it just seemed such a foregone conclusion that that you had to destroy it the la- wiping out a species basically because mm-hmm. kirk didn't like him because kirk felt bad kirk felt guilty so not i think you i think you raised some very valid points i actually month month after month i'm gonna prove all our heroes are assholes man (laughs) (laughs) no i mean that none of that occurred to me and you're absolutely right no i think those are those are completely valid points that uh it is it's it's inconsistent between devil in the dark and this one that it's essentially the same sort of thing I, i think the only thing that makes a difference here is that you know, Kirk says that he sensed something from the creature, sensed that it was, you know, evil or malevolent, and and so. I, but even I, so, it, it's thin. But I so think that's you might different. sense that from an alligator too, right? You know, if you if you got a little glimpse into an alligator, all I felt was a cold reptilian mind. You know, yeah, he's a alligator. You know, and. Right, but I mean, even in in our society, you know, even today, you know, if if somebody's attacked by a dog or eaten by an alligator or a shark or whatever, we'll go out and do our level best to go out and kill that offending thing, whatever it is that did it. Yeah, but when a guy goes to the plant... stands up and goes, whoa, 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 my bad, sorry, you know, then I think there's a difference there. So I think that... Yeah, but this... As thin as it is, I think that's the difference between the Horda... And the vampire cloud is that the Horda didn't want to be doing what it was doing. It felt like it was pressed into a corner and it and it basically pleaded with them for its life. Whereas this thing was well, think a of, killer. Remember it that movie about what it was about uh-huh. the guy who went to that that island? He, he, he was a big fan of bears and there was a whole island full of bears. And he just lived over there. It was a documentary. Grizzly Adams? It, it was basic. I think it was like the man who loved grizzlies or something like that. No, this guy, this was just, this was like eight years ago, six years ago, something like that. And this guy was a little touched in the head. He was intelligent, but he thought he was a bear. But, you know, he thought he had a special relationship with the bears. And then one day the bears ate him. And they didn't go and strafe the island of bears because that guy was an idiot. He went to Bear <laughs> Island and he camped out there. And he was like filming. He would, I mean, he would film himself, put the camera down and film himself getting dangerously close to the bears and talking to them and stuff. And I don't think anybody's shown it, but I think there is footage of like, <laughs> you know, him going, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know. So, and then they probably ate him. But th- this thing didn't attack Earth. It 
they were on a planet just like this. They were exploring a planet and they came across a danger, you know, on the on the planet. And you know, it, it it's well, you know, once again it was established in TNG. TNG like Armus, the 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 tar tar creature. Right. You know, that it was like, okay, that you know, they would have wiped out Armus, but you have to basically be the like he was a personification of evil, and I I just don't know if if the the honey nut Cheerio smelling creature fits that bill. <laughs> you know, I mean, they could have been they could have done something like, hey, let's just um, let's let's try to communicate with it and make some sort of you know, they could have made some planet and put you know, like their food generator thing, you know, food synthesizer down there and just had it pumping out rivers of blood, <laughs> hemoglobin for this thing to, to drink. And been right. like, here, just don't eat us, you know? Here's some hem- here's all the hemoglobin you ever want and live in peace, honey creature. <laughs> but maybe I'm putting too much thought into it but i guess that's the reason why we have a podcast <laughs> <laughs> well speaking oh. of too much thought into it my my big issue with this one is i think without hopefully without sounding like i'm getting on a soapbox or, or getting too philosophical or what this episode i think really demonstrates very very well my my primary complaint with the rebooted Star Trek, you know, the the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, in that if I'm understanding that movie correctly, Kirk pretty much goes straight from the Academy, straight to the Enterprise, and pretty much straight to the captain's chair. Again, I've only seen the movie a couple of times, uh, and I don't recall any mention of Kirk serving aboard the Farragut. This seems like that's an important element of Kirk's life. Granted, you know, this is only just this one episode, but, you know, taken as a whole, you know, take the whole tapestry of TNG and the original movies and everything about Kirk, you know, we get a, a picture of the man and his life and the, and the events that shaped him. Yeah, there's going to be a different story arc for this Kirk because he's made a Captain Young on, you know. So he's exactly. Gonna learn, he's going to learn, he's going to... I mean, the Kirk we know in the, the, the original series is learning, but he's already he's already kind of seasoned. He's seen some seasoned, weird shit, yeah. you know, and he's yeah. been out in space and he's worked from the ground up to get where he was. And he probably got there faster than other people would. But that was because he's Kirk and he was, you know, he was on it, you know. So this right. and 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 this guy's on it. So it's it sort of plays a sort of destiny thing, where Kirk's destined to be the captain of the Enterprise no matter what. Only this yeah. this, this captain of the Enterprise, he might destroy the Enterprise <laughs> a lot sooner <laughs> than the than the movie, you know, than the Shatner Kirk. Right. I, I, I don't, you know, I honestly don't think they're going to put that much thought into as much thought as we just did there into that, that, you know, why they have this setup. This setup is just basically a utilitarian setup to 
to get it in action, to get him, get him in the captain's seat. It's Mm -hmm. to me. And I think I'm unusual. I think with most people would have been upset if at the end of the last movie, he wasn't in the captain's seat. I would have loved it. As I've said many times, I would have loved to have that first. I, I, if I was in charge of it, if I was a mastermind of the new star Trek, I would have put out the movie and then I would have had a TV series with all the actors with Pike as the commander and them mm-hmm. serving under Pike and seeing and making the thrust of that show, seeing how those guys forge their relationships together and how Kirk learns from Pike, you know, how to be a captain, how how you where you can see that part of Pike that went into Kirk, you know, that why there why there was such a bond between the two of them and and uh, you know that was even established in the first movie because Pike picked Kirk out and was like this guy's Starfleet material, Starfleet greatness I can tell, type deal. Ba- based on some of the new trailers for the new film, I'm not entirely convinced that that may not be the case. That would be is it awesome. But he's like commanding the Enterprise at the end, but that might not, that might only be to get it home, you know? (laughs) Right. I would think that would be awesome. I, I just, I just wanted to be, I, I think the, the thing that's, that's going to in the long run also not make new Trek. Well, I think, I I think JJ Abrams having to do Star Wars now. I'm hoping it will take him away from Trek and put somebody else at the helm who's a Trekker <laughs> and and understands and says, okay, I understand that I have to be a do an action movie, but understands also, you know, maybe I want to make it a little more Star Trekky. Mm-hmm. But um, the the thing that's going to eventually, I think, hold it back is the fact that the, and I, and I love all the actors in it, but. I want to see their careers ruined. <laughs> I want I want to see them be nothing else but their Star Trek characters and that would be like by put and that's what happened to the next generation in the TV show because they were in a TV show. They were being, you know, Shatner is Kirk was the way he is by the movies and was such a strong character because Shatner was Kirk all the time a good part of his life he was in character of kirk until he identified with him and you know all i mean you could get the fat cast and crew of all of the two star trek things together and they could still go back into their characters you know to this day i'm sure everybody from next generation could go back into their characters if they, they might not look like them anymore but they could totally you know envision them they're all part of them and that won't happen with the movie actors because, you know, they'll get together every couple of years, study the scripts, do it, and then go on to whatever else they do in between. And that's it. It's it's kind of a new thing. You know, it's the movie just coming out of its nothing. Right. So, you know, you almost can't expect it. And it makes me also wonder how old they'll let these characters get before they'll want to reboot it again. <laughs> right. Yeah, I thought about that too. How old do these guys have to get before? Probably not as... 
they probably won't be able to get as old as uh, the old crew did and keep making movies. I'm sure. I don't know if we'll see a you know Chris Pine wearing a, a you know sucking his gut into. Well, you know, there's there's already those rumors that uh, that Quinto wants out. You know that's been swirling for a while. I don't know if that's there's okay been any by confirmation. me. Well, I thought he was the weakest link. To to tell you the truth, visually sometimes he was Spock, and there were some there were some times where he was kind of Spock like. But I, of of all the characters, I could I could do I could deal with it. I could let go of him and get another Spock in there. Somebody who wasn't so baby-faced. It's that baby, it's that weird baby face he has in there. Even young Spock, I never pictured as big. I pictured him as always having that gaunt, you know, chiseled chiseled face, you know. Well, something you you hit upon that uh, I, I guess it, it, it bothered me in an undefined way, but I think you, you defined it very well, is the fact that for these guys, it's just a gig. You know, it's it's something they can get to get together every few years and do, and they don't have to take it terribly serious. It's not their life's work or well, the I, only work they can get or whatever. So they'll get together, they'll do Star Trek, and then Chris Pine will go off and do a, a, a romantic comedy or something, and Zachary Quinto does the next season of American Horror Stories or whatever, and right. it's just something that happens. And I. I, you know, the last thing I want to do is is Carl what Urban. you said, see somebody's career be ruined. But at the same rate, you know, the, the one of the strengths of, of the original series, in my opinion, was that, as you said, these these actors were those roles. I never looked at Kirk and saw, you know, some other acting job that Shatner had done before or looked at, at Nimoy and, and only saw him in some you know, Western that he had done, you know, a few years before. So I saw them and saw those characters. I don't get that with these guys. I see Zachary Quinto and I instantly think heroes or American horror stories. I I don't think Spock, you know, I haven't watched many of those, so I don't have to deal with that. I just, I think he's too, I don't like the prissy. I don't like it. He's too, he's got too much, too, too much emotion going, roiling around. In it, there's not that. I I know he's a young Spock and he hasn't forged himself in the flame of reality and life yet. But I just, nah, I didn't, and I know what you mean by that. But I think Chris Pine sold the. I think he was the right actor for it. I think he sold the role really good. I don't think he feels like Kirk like he feels Kirk like Shatner did. Who could really though, except for what's his name that we met at uh. Dragon Con there. Who, um, uh, I don't. I don't think he did either. Oh though, yeah, but he, he he's he's into it. You know what I mean? He's into it. He's but, into Trek, but I don't think. I think he did Kirk for that because at he, the time somebody they didn't had have to somebody else. Yeah. Somebody had to, and um, but so I, he stepped up. I noticed that he has since replaced himself with someone yes. else as Kirk. Yes, so. but I think uh, Simon Pegg and Carl Urban. I think they know what they've walked into. I think they know, they appreciate, you know, the the roles they've been given. Given, you can tell with Urban because he just he full on takes on bones, and Simon Pegg is an uber nerd, 
and Star Trek mm-hmm. fan. So he, you know, I'm sure he's just like, oh, my God, I'm Scotty and I'm in a Star Trek movie. And, you know, I'm sure somebody could put a bullet in Simon Pegg's head tomorrow and he would die a happy man, you know. <laughs> let's not try that. Yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen because he's makes awesome shit. But I mean, or, you know, or whatever, a meteor could crash on his house and and he would he would have no regrets, you know. But um, but unfortunately, they're not the the big. It's one of the big three. Um, but uh, I, I think they. I think it wouldn't be a too big of a stumble to to replace Spock, which just saying that says something about Zachary Quinto to me that because you could never have done it with Nimoy. You couldn't have done it with Nimoy or Shatner. But you know they they have the advantage of being the first ones. And uh, it makes me wonder, you know, if a hundred years from now, if they'll be on the fifth incarnation of Kirk and Spock and what they'd be like, you know? Well, you know, once you've done it once, then, you know, you can do it again. So, you know, I, I think potentially what we could be looking at is, you know, years down the road, probably long after us, you know, this Kirk could turn into this could turn into the James Bond franchise where Kirk is the fondly remembered um, Sean Connery, but there have been a string of you know five, right. six, ten James T. Kirks. That could happen. Um, and I, you know, I, this would probably sound crazy coming for me. I, you know, I, with all the bitching I've done about the J.J. Abrams one, I, I can see that, and I could even be on board with that. However, it comes with the caveat of they, they. I want them to get the essential essence of the property straight if they're going to go that route. Because I, you know, I don't want Star Trek we to might, die. I don't want to be so we might rigid have to in my wait for it to just get so far away that somebody has to go. All right, enough and already. Let's bring this back to its roots. Right. You know, or like it, James Bond has lately, where somebody said, "All right, let's let's seriously." make this still James Bond, but let's bring this a little more into the, into the present, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, which sometimes can be good and sometimes can be bad. But with James Bond, it sounds like they pulled it off. I think in certain aspects, Trek 09 pulled things off, but somewhere in the transition, something vital that was quintessentially Star Trek, what it was about was lost. And that's that's my reason why I can't 100% get behind it because it, it, it just feels like, you know, they, they slicked it up, they souped it up, they gave it a fresh coat of paint, but then somewhere they, they forgot to put the heart in it. You know, they forgot what it was really all right. about. But that heart it, isn't lost per se. It's just not No, I don't, I don't think it is. It could, it could be there. It could be there again. And you never know. Maybe they'll get it. Maybe they'll. Maybe J.J. Abrams read some of the reviews and said, "You know, I've got to do my homework." And he went back and watched all seventy-nine episodes and said, "I get it." And and I don't think so. I doubt. <laughs> I I very much doubt it too. But yeah, never I know. Think it, I think the scenario that's going to happen is is much closer. To what you were saying that you know he he's he rebooted the thing he's doing this new movie 
Now he gets it out of his system. Now he go, gets to go play in the sandbox that he truly wanted to play in in the first place. Somebody else can step in and either salvage what we now have or scrap it and start all over again and, and do a third incarnation. And I wouldn't be opposed to that. So, Well, the, the new one has the advantage this time of it doesn't have to set up the characters, get them all together, and and it cannot have a worse villain than Nero in the first one. So if with a good villain, good action, and, you know, not having to spend most of the movie getting everybody together, it has a lot more potential, you know, to be fun, to be, to, to be more than the other one. Cause the other one, <clears throat> I liked it. But then when you thought about it, there really wasn't much to it, you know? It was like, okay, there were good scenes, but there was nothing, you know, thematically about it. It was just sort of, it was very superficial. So this one, I don't imagine it'll be anything but superficial, but it might be superficial with a little more meat to it. I just can't wait for the day when the internet breaks in half and Trek fandom collectively shits a brick when they realize that the guy we've been speculating about and seeing in all the trailers and everything is not Khan, but Harry Mudd. Yes. Oh, good segue, man. Oh, you <laughs> saved that. Before we leave that the TV show, I just have one more note. And how the hell do these um, Star Trek guys get so hale and hearty eating that Play-Doh food, man? When you have those food synthesizers, <laughs> say, here, eat some of this food. And it was like little triangles of Play-Doh. It looked like cat kibble, like, blown up. Delicious. Yum, yum. No wonder he wasn't hungry. But that's all I got. <laughs> that's it? Yes. And now it's time for probably not everybody's favorite part. Probably nobody's favorite <laughs> part. But it's DC Star Trek time. And I have been, once again, tasked, tasked with, with the synopsis and... Uh, all right, freaks, set your way back machine to June 1987. You have three quarters in your pocket, and you go to the the spinner rack, and you pull out Star Trek 39 with a cover by Joe Brazowski and uh, Ricardo Villagran. Oh, is that who this is? I looked it up. Awesome. It up. I was a good boy this month. Len Wein is a writer. Um, Sutton and Villagran are the artists. Michelle Wolfman colors. Augustine Moss letters. Rob Greenberger is the editor, and that's pretty much we're 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 a pretty consistent crew here. And um, let me um, I've got the CBR of this here because I did not write down what the actual title of the story, which is called "When You Wish Upon a Star." I think. I heard a song with that title once. I don't know. There might be some copyright issues going on there. All right. When You Wish Upon a Star. Oh, that was terribly professional, sir. Let me just... <sighs> I'd take a drink before this one. So the Enterprise is just tooling along through space and all is well and normal. They're, they're just trucking along, booking through space. When suddenly they're flying 
in the opposite direction to a destination unknown, and no matter what they do, the helm will not respond. And everybody on the bridge and engineering try their hardest to spout their key phrases. <laughs> yes. Almost like ticking them off a list. So Kirk decides to just sort of go with the flow, man. And they arrive at a mysterious planet that we will call the Mystery Planet. Spock detects many life forms, but only two intelligent brain patterns, much in the way that Earth is if they found me and Scott. So uh, they get a landing together with Kirk, Spock, Cat Lady, um, Racist Bear Claw, and Ensign Waste Me, who's a red shirt. Uh, but when they beam down, Bear Claw and the Red Shirt are left behind, and Scotty and McCoy are somehow beamed up, beamed down with them. And the Enterprise finds themselves unable to beam the landing party back up. Um, on the planet, the crew sees huge cities and familiar places to all of them from their planets and their travels. And then this whimsical, snorkely creature shows up, and he won't tell them where they are, and he keeps trying to get them drunk. Um, things then get re goddamn ridiculous when Mr. Snorkel sends the guy down the guys down the yellow brick road to the Emerald City, populated by more snorkel pussies. When they finally get to the Emerald City to, of course, find the wizard. It turns out to be goddamn Harry Mud. Awesome. Harcourt Fenton, goddamn Mud. Um, I almost escaped this one because the CBR you sent me didn't work. Then I dug through my own files and that CBR didn't work, but I did find one online that I actually played. And then I was like, oh god, that's right. I almost escaped Harry Mud, but. How do I want to sum this up? Because I, I, I want to be fair. I don't want to be crude. I want to be professional. So I will say that I found it to be an interesting examination of the sure. existential. No, wait. It was shit. Top to bottom, this episode, this issue was shit. I thought the art was friggin' horrible. Uh, this is one of the sloppiest rush jobs in a sloppiest ru rush job team that we've... I mean, I've already been complaining about these guys from issue one, but this one just... It's so slapdash. And I'm sorry, I, I love Len Wein. He's the writer on this, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love Len Wein. That, that, you were so dead on in saying that basically he had a checklist of of character beats and and key phrases and basically went down a checklist including you know I'm giving her all she's got captain which come on, really they cannot take it yeah all i mean it's that. a brand new ship they're 15 minutes out of freaking space dock and scotty's bitching about my engines can't stand the strain and i'm like seriously you just drove it off the lot you know, so that would be like me, you know, buying a brand new Mustang or something, going out and just smoking the tires and rodding the living piss right out of it and going, oh, gee, I, I, she probably can't take the strain. Really? Come on. It's just 
it's it's really I was just mortified by how bad this issue was. <laughs> I mean, really, I'm not kidding. Mortified. And then you've got, you know, this thing that looks like he honestly looks like he ought to be out of like a like a McDonald's Happy Meal yes. commercial or something. He's really He's, dumb. He is really stupid. He's looking. whimsical. Yeah, I'm. I don't. I'm not big on whimsical. He's whim- not in my Star Trek. He's whimsical and in a really stupid way. He's like sort of a pig face with hair, with like punk rock hair, and literally a, a snorkel thing coming out of the top of his head. And he speaks in stupid, dumb Mad Hatter. Like Mad Hatter, not rhymes even, but you know, I uh, hither where we're somewhere between hither and yon, ha 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 ha, and it, it's for this crew, seasoned crew that have been through not only one trip to the shore leave planet, but on the animated series to another trip to the shore leave planet, which the hair metal hero just reminded me the other day happened that I've forgotten. You know, they should have instantly, I mean, instantly been just like, what is this, like the shore leave planet? This planet's obviously, I mean, Spock definitely picks up on it. Right. And, and, and it's another weird character beat thing where Spock sort of picked up on it, but he doesn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. He just sort of keeps going, hmm, I wonder, and, and McCoy then starts bitching at him for making a, a logical and probably very useful hypothesis. You know, oh, you keep harping on about that. And it's just like, yeah, because it's obvious that this planet's creating a reality (laughs) out of your mind based on memories and trying to somehow amuse or please you in some way. You know, this guy's coming with a a tray full of Saurian brandy. I honestly don't believe that Scotty would knock that fresh bottle of Saurian brandy out of the guy's hand, though, and... I thought I a lot of tested that out. I thought a lot about that scene, but the thing is, is would Kirk have allowed him to? Anyway, he's right. on duty. He on... They're they're on a landing party. I mean, w- was Scotty really seriously entertaining the idea of of having some swill? Well, you know? no, but I mean, it just illustrated ah, he had a thought, and then the thought was immediately followed up by reality. I mean, they should have instead of knocking it to the ground, they should have gone okay. Give me the, uh, I said, give me the brandy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Taking their tricorder and, and had Spock go, it seems to be completely normal, you know, or have McCoy look at it and go, it's sorry and brandy, aged to perfection, you know, and then had Scotty right. go, well, let me do the final test, sniff, sniff, you know. <laughs> right. Just a sniff, <laughs> Captain, I know I'm on duty, you know, something like that would have been nice and nice and right. funny and pointed out Scotty's space alcoholism. Which would have been a better episode, like dealing with Scotty's space alcoholism when he gets the DTs and <laughs> you know he's getting short and snippy with everybody, and they they you know have a intervention that would have been a lot more. But instead, we get the Wizard of Oz. It would have been even better if this somehow like if they're gonna go full you know just goofiness. Why not have when they when they beam down have them land on top of the Wicked Witch of the West or you know or something like that and find right. sca- you know the, some equivalent of the Scarecrow and and everything 
or have them have oh, to thank Jesus they didn't go that route though, where it's like Kirk beams down and then like McCoy's the scarecrow and Spock right. is the Tin Man and Scotty's the cow. Oh my God! Thank Jesus that they didn't do that. <laughs> I would have really gone off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I I don't think I don't think I could take that. Well, at least at the very end, McCoy sort of. Um echoes our thoughts and goes oh no not again or you know here we here we go again here we go again yes you know the the funny thing all right for one thing i really like the cover on this but that's the only thing I <laughs> right really like. i think that's actually a good looking cover beyond the fact that len ween is just doing a completely phoned in by the numbers story on this when the characters are off the art's horrible. The story is just plain stupid ass from beginning to end. The the stupid snorkely McDonaldland creature that they run across walking down the yellow brick friggin' road to get to Emerald City to meet Harry Mud. Mm-hmm. Despite all of that, my biggest bitch in this issue is there's something that happens in this that I think should kill several of them. They're walking along, and McCoy makes the comment, I just wish that we'd get to the bottom of this mess. Suddenly, the earth opens up under their feet, and they drop easily 100 feet, some of them onto their necks. It could be like some anti-gravity thing where they fall, you know, they're not... It's it's that, That's the thing is, this is so sloppily... sloppily drawn that... Like when when they when they beam down and are like okay you know and then for some reason McCoy and I had to re- go over that a few times to figure out what the hell happened there you know right. I was like oh okay so they took out Bear Claw and 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 No Name guy and thank God they took Bear Claw because that would have just been you know just another turd to add to this kitty litter box but. You know, it wasn't. It, it just was. It was. It was very awkwardly done and not clear as to what's going on. So they're falling down this hole, but it, I I pictured it being some sort of like weird, you know, anti where they were falling just fast enough to be going down. Ah, uh, okay. You know, m- maybe like in Alice in Wonderland or something. Because at this I, I time, guess, it's automatically yeah. been proven that this place is like some sort of fun fun land, you know. And I have some feeling I haven't. I remember when this, I vaguely remember when this came out, and this was like just before like you and I, you know, I was getting ready to go off to college. You were getting ready to go off into the military, but I remember like this cover coming out and both of us being just sort of like, oh, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> just not what we're asking for and uh yeah the comic doesn't disappoint it's it's just as lame as you would expect a, a hairy mud story to be i was disappointed sloppy 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 dc mhm it's 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 really reminiscent actually the art isn't as charmingly bad as the gold key comics you know what i mean right but you know there's some of those gold key comics that have storylines as just painful as this one 
<laughs> this this is this this is exactly the kind of crap that doomed the Marvel series. Yes, you know it, it, this really this could just as easily be taken right out of this issue, and this could be issue nineteen of of the Marvel you know the previous Star Trek incarnation by Marvel, because it, it's it's that level of <laughs> of bad, unfortunately. I feel like I'm being just merciless on this because I really do love Len Wein, but geez, I mean, I'm sorry, but he really he's not phoned doing, it he's in. He's not on working this at Swamp Thing level on this. No, <laughs> no, that's for damn sure. No, and and I I really didn't feel like he had a handle um, this time around on uh, on the characters at all. I, I found most of them to be. Very going through uh, their motions, going through their motions, and very inconsistent. Their character, it did. It felt like they hadn't um, progressed or matured at all. Like they hadn't learned the movie lessons. You know, what right, I mean, it's right. almost like they were back in a in a in an old episode or something. It was very strange, very odd. Maybe the planet affects their brains, but I'm I sure think the I'm, issue affected mine. I'm gonna play nostril dumbass with this one and go next time Harry Mudd's gonna be all like I thought you'd you know, I thought you would love it here, you know. I did this to amuse you guys, you It is interesting to see, you know, that that we haven't gotten to there's it's obviously that, that there's Harry Mudd and somebody else on this planet. Right. And everything else is a, a mechanism of it. My prediction is um, that it will be Harry Mudd has somehow it'll be sort of like the first episode of uh, TNG where Harry Mudd has gotten power over whoever it was who made this planet maybe it might even be just for super cheese effect the guy from um, Shore Leave oh Mentor or whatever the hell his <laughs> name Mentor, was yes Zoltek. <laughs> Maybe. I don't I have no idea. I this is all virgin territory to me. I have not read from the point that we're at yeah, now. I have right. not read these issues before, so not a clue. Not a clue. Well, well you want to flush yeah. this turd? I do. I'm sorry to end on such a downer with this, but yeah, I, I got nothing else. I, I can't even find anything positive beyond the fact that I do love the cover. I think the cover is actually pretty sharp, but <laughs> that's all I got. All right. Well, I'm firing up the old Star Trek computer right now. Uh-oh. Pulling up a number. Let's hope it's one. Are you ready? Do you have the... I am ready. Okay. The first number is 16. Sweet 16. 16 sounds like one we've done before. Let's yeah, almost see. all are. 16. I have my I... finger over the button to hit it again. I don't know. Have we done the Galileo 7? No, we have not. Have we not? No. All right. I That's the it... one for next time. All right. Wow. We hit it on the first try. Awesome. I have not seen that one since I was a little kid. I only remember that one like a fever dream. So <laughs> looking forward to this. Yeah, I haven't seen that one in a long, long time There's myself. There's going to be some cheese in this one. I'm going to make sure to track down. Maybe I'll try to track down the original. And I, I'm interested to see how this one has taken a remastering. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because the original one, the effects are super cheesy. Like when they, what do they do? They, they like ignite the plasma and then yeah, the and cells and the, or I something. mean, there's a guy in a furry suit, you know, running around. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah, they, the don't they look like like a cross between like a caveman and like the, the creature from Nightmare at 30,000 feet or there's, something there's like that? There's a little that. bit of attack, more of the gargantuas going <laughs> right. and rock throwing and stuff like that. So maybe, um, I mean, this time around, I didn't did not watch it on a downloaded, remastered. I watched it on Hulu just because I knew Hulu was free. Uh. And my Hulu experience was negative. Didn't I, I don't have the Hulu whatever paid Hulu. I did just the free Hulu with the ads. Right. And it cra- I had to keep starting it over and then watching the commercials over and over again. And it was a, a pain in the ass. And yeah, I watched it off of Netflix and I don't think it was an enhanced version. I think or if it was, I, I, I didn't think, catch anything. Uh, I think the, the Netflix ones are the enhanced ones, so. though. Hmm. So there probably just wasn't a lot to do with this in this one for them, except I don't know. Anyway, Galileo Seven. Uh, I'm excited about that. I like that one. Oh, I think we'll have some fun. Good with or that bad, one. it's gonna be fun. That one, <laughs> right? For sure. All right. Well, I just remember like McCoy like mercilessly bitches at Spock through the entire episode and that. So that'll Nags be fun. Him. Nags, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So be there. And before you be there, make sure you go to watch, go to watch, go to listen to TNG and go to watch TNG so you can listen to TNG. Uh Huh? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are we done with that one? everyone i'm here come on i'm here record me i'm here where'd everyone go i'm here to record these long distance dedication for star trek monthly monday the original series there's no one in the goddamn studio this is all bullshit well i've already taken over the vault uh, 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 i mean uh I've guest guest hosting yes guest hosting no foul play on the vault but uh, I don't want to say I am I am obsessed, much like uh, Captain Kirk in this month's episode of Star Trek, the original series. He has an obsession. So this dedication goes out to Captain Kirk and his obsession. 
Good night. You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode. With your message read in the show's opener, it's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Obsession. I cannot sleep, I am a possession. An open that your feet, there is no balance. No equality, but still, I will not accept Anytime you plan defeat. to visit Amazon.com, please be aware that if you use the Amazon.com link located on our website, www.2TrueFreaks.Libson.com, Two True Freaks will receive a referral bonus for any items you purchase. There is absolutely no additional cost to you whatsoever for doing this. All proceeds go directly toward keeping new episodes of all your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated podcasts rolling, and it really helps us out. So please, use our Amazon.com link anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. You protest, you want to leave, you say there's no alternative, I see the beauty there, but I see danger, stranger, beware, a circumstance in your naked dream, perfection is not what it seems, an obsession, you're my obsession. Who do you want me to be to make you sleep with me? You are an obsession. You are my obsession. Who do you want me to be to make you sleep with me? Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook, too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook, too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Two True Freaks. Maria, no. Maria, no. Maria, no. Maria, no. Maria, no.
want me to be to make you sleep with me. The Hammer Hero. Good Jack and Harry. Who do you want me to be to make you sleep with me? You might send you good. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.